Blog Talk Radio. Christmas is a little ahead, a little ahead of us. Nevertheless, we thought we'd put that on since we have a pastor in the house. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we, we want to thank you for listening to us, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening time, no matter what time it is, around the world. We are in the author's corner at ATN. I'm your guest, your host, I should say. I'm your host, ATN. Hey, Gibbs. And tonight we have a pastor and an author, two at the same time. How about that? One is an author from the USA, and the other one is a pastor from the U.S. Virgin Islands, all in one person. So, Pastor Brown, could I go ahead and have you give us a brief history of your bio, please? Sure. Uh, this is Reverend Charles Lee Brown Jr. I am a native of Baltimore, Maryland. I have been in the Virgin Islands since uh, January of 2017, where the African Methodist Episcopal Church asked me to come and to plant a church here in St. Thomas, the capital of the United States Virgin Islands. And so I've come and we have planted uh, Family of Faith African Methodist Episcopal Church here in St. Thomas. Fantastic. And you decided to come up with a book. Tell us a little bit about the book that you have. Sure. So uh, May 25th, 2020, Memorial Day, um, there was a gruesome murder of a gentleman by the name of George Floyd. And Mm -hmm. I had witnessed many uh, videos of police brutality before. But something about this one I found very disturbing. So um, I asked the Lord to uh, help me to understand why we're stuck in this moment where we we seem like we're addicted as a society to excessive use of force. And God gave me one word, scapegoat, and I used that word and started combing the Bible and uh, that led to a sermon. And then after the sermon, I went home and wrote an outline for a book in about nine minutes and 29 seconds, about the same amount of time that uh, Dirk Chauvin took me on to kill George Floyd. And I came up with uh, the outline for a book. Amazing, amazing. So for our audience who may not fully understand, could you explain the difference between Cape Golden, and how you came up with the word land, what the connection? Sure. So, uh, wow, that's that's a that's a, a very um, complex issue. So, scapegoat okay. is something like I said. God gave me that word. I was I, I, that word was not in my brain, but God said 
investigate scapegoat. And so when I went to the word of God, I was able to find narrative after narrative after narrative where people were being scapegoated. Um, And I focused in the book on notions where a group of people decided to scapegoat a particular person. And for me, when when I think about the difference between a scapegoat and a lamb, a scapegoat is a victim, but lambs are triumphant victors because of the unintended consequence of their power unexpectedly inflicting um, a righteousness upon evil's agenda. So let me give you, um, in, my, in page 24 of my book, I have a definition okay. for scapegoating, and it says, to use something or someone to cover, hide, or get rid of one's own wrongdoing by forcefully or forcibly transferring the wrongdoing from oneself onto another entity. Uh, or it means to justify, make right, or atone for that which otherwise is unjustifiable or unrighteous. So as, as, as black and brown bodies, we have stored, historically, whether we're in the States, whether we're in the Caribbean, different parts of the globe, we have been scapegoated. But every now and again, God allows us to become lambs in that we blow a hole into evil's agenda, expose it for what it is, and good comes out of it. And I believe that that's what's happened uh, with George Floyd's murder. Okay. So you put it together real good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Great. Now, any number of Virgin Islanders will say that police brutality doesn't happen in the Virgin Islands. And therefore, maybe your book would be relevant to our current context here. How would you, how would you respond to that accusation? So um, what, 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 I found, what I find astounding about that is that I've been here for four years. And um, in those four years, uh, I've met some outstanding police officers. As a matter of fact, today I had the opportunity to go to um, the graduation of the, the, the recruits from the latest academy. I think it was uh, 15 individuals, I believe, both men and women who graduated. And hats off to those who have stepped up to uh, put themselves in harm's way uh, to protect and serve for the good of the Virgin Islands. But but let me say this. What is not well known is that the Virgin Islands Police Department is under a consent decree. That is a, a formal contract or agreement with the Attorney General and with the U.S. Department of Justice. And that agreement was, was, was issued by the courts because of issues of abuse, 
within the criminal justice system here in the Virgin Islands. And the first thing, if you go look it up on, you can look it up on Google, the first thing you find in the consent decree is dealing with excessive use of force. So this notion that we, we may not see on a daily basis um, police officers um, violently assaulting people in the streets like the same way in the States. But I yeah. would remind... I would remind Virgin Islanders that that a lot of times police violence, excessive use of force happens behind the scenes. So um, in the correctional, um, in the Bureau of Corrections, we had uh, a correctional officer choke uh, a man by the name of Benjamin Hodge, who all he did was point out that there was a, there was a roach in his food that he was given, and the correctional officer uh, initiated a vicious assault, a, a, a almost lethal choke chokehold that almost killed Benjamin Hodge. And then the assistant attorney general tried to suppress the video from the public. All of this is public record. Anybody can look it up. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> When we talk about the Virgin Islands, we're talking about a place where police um, are known, not all police, but some police are known to allow abuse of power, to allow violence um, to, to persist in communities um, because they may, may or may not be connected to some of those who are perpetrating the violence. All of this, in my mind, uh, evokes the same spirit, the same principle, the same abuse of power that happens in uh, police departments in the state. Well, one is regional and the other one is egotistic. There we go. There you go. Okay, oh my goodness. We could get into this whole, yeah, let's move on. Um, why do you think that the police brutality so is so difficult to get rid of? Um, because I believe that it is that there is a spiritual component to it, and uh, that's what I believe. Um, okay. So let me put it to you like this: um, police departments, in particular. And I trace this in the book. Their lineage goes back to slave patrols. Yeah. So let's 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 unpack that. That means that the very first police departments were born out of this notion of overseers getting hiring a group of people to chase down and retrieve slaves, and their orders were do whatever it takes to bring them back, just bring them back alive. And so that ethos is still in many ways present in the culture of police departments, the way they um, 
the lifestyle, the ethos, the the culture of the organization is such that number one, they think they they're beyond reproach. Number two, yeah. that they're supposed to support each other and be loyal to one another, no matter what happens. Even though yeah. we know that that breeds a certain sense of entitlement and privilege and abuse that gets looked over and condoned and endorsed. So to oh. me, when if I had to use another organization, I would say um, it, it, it's like a frat. It is an organized frat that has bought into this notion that hazing and other um, and other cultural um, practices that can be linked that are, that are that are violent, that dehumanize, all of those practices are still latent within the way the organization operates, the way it's structured, and its mindset. And until wow. we attack holistically from a spirit, understanding that over centuries it's become an addiction, that they yeah. cannot just lay down. This is something that we're, that's going to require systemic deprogramming um, an exorcism of sorts, if you will, uh, to break an addiction um, that allows police departments in particular to say, we are the law, we can bend the law. As a matter of fact, we feel like we're not fully doing our job unless we bend the law. Yeah. That spirit has to get broken. Holistically, wow. and then maybe we can start talking about uh, real progress. Oh my goodness! Jeez, you really got it down. Yes, excuse me. I got it from the book, brother. I got it from the good book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Now, given that your book uncovers several narratives, excuse me. Narratives about violent scapegoating, including Jesus being scapegoated by Roman soldiers functioning as police. Mm, that's another way to look at it. I hadn't thought about it. What does it say about the Bible's ability to speak to issues of the day? Yes. So, um, I, I, I am I am a Christian because I believe that the holy document that was written thousands of years ago that God has somehow fashioned it in such a way that it can help us with our problems today. And so God gave me that word scapegoat. And when I saw a scapegoat and I saw it in the word, um, I saw how um, groups of individuals as well as systems and institutions, once they made up their mind, they were willing to do, they, they were willing to criminalize, they yes. were willing to demonize, all in the name of silencing what they perceived to be is a threat. 
for a document Mm. thousands of years ago to be able to do that. And it doesn't just do it once. It doesn't do it twice. It does it over and over and over and over. Story after story after story where God's people are under the weight of the abuse of power, and yet God somehow allows them to persist and even sometimes to thrive and to allow mm-hmm. those institutions to be exposed for what they are and or be destroyed. Um, that, to me, fundamentally changes what the document is all about. It's not just about mm-hmm. going to heaven. It's, a, yeah. it's, it, it, it's about God understanding that all of us are susceptible to abusing power. Any one of us can. And that's why, um, you know, in the States, you'll see folk, or even here in the version, there are folks who look like us. The, the brother who choked the, the man almost to death, he looked like one of us. Or any one of us can, can, at, at, can be susceptible to abusing power. And that holy document is all about that. Old Testament, the Gospels, even with Paul, it's all it's, it's in there all the way through. And to Amazing. me, that fundamentally changes how I look at it. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking about looking at it, where can our audience find, put their hands on it? Where are your books available? All right. Great question. If you are here in the Virgin Islands, there is a bookstore in St. Thomas called Bookstore 340. It is located in Crown Bay Mall. It is literally right next to Island Flavor facing the dock. So when they come off of the, when the, when the, Tourists come off of the ships, and they're directed towards the the, the taxi. They're, you're going. They are traversing along the water. The, the bookstore is right there next to Island Flavor. So um, that's that's yeah. So if you're here, if you're here in the Virgin Islands, it's it's there. It's there in St. Thomas. I would. I am in the. I am uh, working to to connect with Undercover Books. I believe is the name of the bookstore that's in St. Croix. So um, I am hopefully by next month, maybe I'm hoping that we can connect, and then my books will be sold over in Undercover Books in St. St. Croix. They don't know that yet, but that's the plan. (laughs) It's on the way. Uh, so we're, we're working to make that happen. We just had a book signing um, at uh, Bookstore 340 uh, two Saturdays ago, and uh, we'll, we'll be working to try to figure out how to make a similar event happen over in St. Croix. Um, it, it is available. It, let me put it to you like this. The, my preferred place, other than if you don't live here in the territory, 
my preferred place for you to go and purchase the book is Author House Bookstore or www.authorhouse.com. And all you have to do is and then just click find the bookstore. Just put Author House Bookstore and then just put my put um put the name of my book from scapegoats to lambs. If you put that in in the um search, my book will come up and it'll have you'll have hardcover, soft cover, and ebook. Wow. And of course people can um if people especially if you're um off off out of the territory and you want to get an autographed copy, I do have copies on hand so people can get in contact with me personally. My telephone number is 443-326-5533. One more time. Yep, 443-326-5533. But, again, if you're here in the territory – Support the local. Support the locals here. Uh, that's why um, I'm all about trying to support our local businesses. Um, but if you're not, then you can go to the website, uh, the, the authors, the publisher's website, Author House Bookstore. And uh, but if you want an autographed copy, you're going to have to reach out to me personally to make that happen. Okay, great. Now talking about right. making things happen. What we want to do is have you repeat this because this is valuable information. What about October next next month, October? Yeah, of course it is October. But what about the 15th, Wednesday at 15th? At the same time, we could have more people interact with the program. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. October 15th at 7 p.m., I will put it on my calendar as soon as we finish today's broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. We will do the same program, but we will have more interaction with our guests. Okay, good enough. Man, man, you are really laying out, putting out kind of information there tonight. Okay. From your research, have you found police brutality as about racism exclusively? Or not? What are the other issues that are at play? So, um, in the book, I interviewed two police officers. Uh, one is my cousin, and one is my brother's best friend. Okay. And as I alluded, to, as I alluded to, both of them are African American. And so what I alluded to is that earlier is that one really told me that some police officers don't feel like they're doing their job as police until they break the law. Oh. And, I, and, I, and I'm challenging, I'm challenging Folks here in the territory, I'm challenging folks outside of the territory. Think back to some of those who you know joined the force. And I'm, and I'm willing to say that if you think hard, you could probably think that some joined, not all, 
but some, even some who look like us, joined so that they could enjoy the benefits of being in control, of having power and being able to abuse it and, and having a whole system support that abuse. Yes, yes, yes. I back you on so that. Racism is at the core, but it's but it's but in in actuality, it's bigger than that. It's really about privilege and power, and privilege and power. All of us want that. Oh. Um, I work I work now for the, for the legislature, and and there's nobody in the legislature that I know of that's white, and I see a whole bunch of people that have no problem grasping for privilege and power. So it's wow. bigger than race. It, it is about, I'm not going to say it's not about race, but it's bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. So we have a lot of information to go through, so we'll do the best we can and pick up next month with the interaction as we will go forward with it. What sure. about uh, Next question. You need I to get a you. copy of the book. I'm going to get a copy of the book in your hands, too. So that way. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Here's your, here's your thing. Tell me I can walk up to the door and say, hey, here, I come for my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, if you're, yes, in, now if you're in the States, there's no way I can get on a plane right now. I have a house to take care of and can't abandon it. Nah, too much going on. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the next question. What is the goal of your book? Uh, the goal of the book is, to, first of all, help us to recognize that police brutality is um, a persistent, chronic problem that we need to look at from a completely different perspective. I'm not going to say that legislation, trying to find better legislation that holds people accountable is not a good thing. I, I, will, I, I have worked in public policy for well over 10 years. I am a proponent of, 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 of coming up with legislation to address societal issues. However, in this case, what God's word has shown me is that it's bigger than that that this thing is spiritual. It's an addiction. It's a runaway train out of control. It, wow. is, it, it, it has become so, so large that we need to address it in a spiritual way. So that's number one. Uh, number two, that the Bible gives us, when we look at the scapegoat narratives in the Word, that it gives us um, insight into the dynamics of police brutality, how those who have authority will demonize and criminalize and use other sorts of tools of scapegoating in order to silence a threat. Um, And then then finally that – we can't ask the police to stop being violent if we're not willing to stop being violent. Exactly. Exactly. We, Violence in the home, child abuse cases, 
All that stuff. Come on now. Come on now. Absolutely. Every single thing. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. The violence that they, the violence that they uh, manifest is not disconnected from the violence that happens day to day, whether it's calling somebody out of their name, whether it's um, road rage. I mean, there are so many different ways in Mm -hmm. which our go-to is some kind of violent outburst. We have to, as a society, begin to say, how are we in our talk and in our walk dehumanizing, um, scapegoating um, as a society, both in our homes, in our schools, um, interpersonal relationships, platonic relationships, work relationships, all there are so many different things, so many different ways, and, and, okay, and it sounds like you. it's almost all-consuming. Go ahead. Let me interrupt you, please, Pastor. We have about yeah. less than a minute. Please let our audience know yeah. where they can get your book again, please. Sure. Sure. So if you're here in the territory, um, it's Bookstore 340 in Crown Bay Mall. Um, okay. Right there, yes, right there in Crown Bay in St. Thomas. If you're not here in the ter- if, if you're not here in the territory, p- please feel free to go to the publisher's website. Just go to Author House Books Bookstore, Author House Bookstore, and look. And when you find the search engine, just put in from scapegoats to lambs, and my book will come up. Hardcover, softcover. Ebook. Obviously, if you need an autograph copy, you need to contact me personally, 443-326-5533. Charles Brown, Jr. Pastor, thank you very much. We're just about out of time. We will have you back on the 15th of October, and we will expand the time to an hour rather than just half an hour. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care now. We'll catch you later. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. You're welcome.